to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author, filmmaker, and book devourer, Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bray Grant, actress, filmmaker, and e-reader. This episode, we're taking off another box from the 2020 Reading Glasses Challenge for Reading Glasses. <laughs> That's a joke from an old episode. Sorry if you didn't listen to it. Uh, the challenge is read a book by a woman of color. But first, what are you reading, Bria? I am reading the sequel, just started it last night, to Dread Nation, Deathless Divide by Justina Ireland. You know I loved Dread Nation. I know Um, you did. Dread Nation was a book that came out, did it come out last year? No. Two years ago? No, it was at least two years ago. Yeah. Um, It was, I think it was on my top books of the year. It was, um, it's about, it is a alternate history in which the Civil War is cut short because zombies invade America, maybe the world, I actually don't know, and um, they free the slaves with the caveat that they all must go fight zombies in these slave-only zombie-fighting groups. Um, and it was great. It, it's, um, it is, it's YA um, sort of historical alternate fiction. Um, it has romance things happening, but also has these really, really cool main characters that I have really gotten to know and really love. And I was very excited that this book was coming out. I think it just came out pretty recently. Um, this one is the follow-up. It follows the same characters that survived. Um, Jane McKean um, and Catherine Devo- Devereaux. Um, and they're kind of like very, both very different women, but both uh, are trained to fight these zombies. And now they have like escaped this where they were living and they're like on on the road trying to, I don't know, I just started it last night, but they're like trying to find uh, this one place where they think they might be safe. But the thing is, the the countryside is chock full of zombies. So they constantly are having to <laughs> fight them. Chock full of zombies. And then there's all these people with them who are like not that good at fighting zombies. And so they have to protect them <laughs> and they haven't been trained. And they're like, and also, oh, so one of them, one of them always has to fight. She fights the zombies like in her corset and petticoat and stuff. And like, there's just like something really fascinating about the way the book is written. And it's written from both of the main characters' point of views. Um, so you get to points of view. Points of view, point of views, points of view. Uh, And so you get to kind of see the way they see the world differently. Um, Catherine being like a religious woman, she always wears the corset, and Jane being the more like rebellious one. Um, I I love this series. I was very excited to get it. And um, it is a perfect time for me to read it because I could really, it's really like its own universe, you know? Like you definitely are escaping into an entirely different world um, where, where not only do these women have to deal with zombies but they also have to deal with racism of the 1880s which is not great um and they are considered you know servants still at this point even though they are the people protecting everyone um anyway it was it's fantastic so far i'm not very far into it but i'm excited to get through it uh what are you reading Molly? i am reading a book that you read recently uh the deep by Almakatsu. oh great yeah so it is uh Last was it last year or two years ago? We both really liked her book, The Hunger, which was a re- like a supernatural reimagining of the story of the Donner Party, and The Deep is a supernatural reimagining of the sinking of the Titanic. Uh, which is the book is really good. It's a it's a honker. It's one of those books that's just like big fat historical fiction. There's a ton of different uh, 
points of view. So it's written from like, the, there's like a ton of different characters, there's multiple timelines. Like the main character is this woman and she is on, on the Titanic. She was working as a stewardess. Um, and you find out right away, like she survives the sinking of the Titanic and she ends up getting on another ship later on. That's very similar to the Titanic. And there's a lot of like spooky stuff that's going on between the two of them. But there's also like, uh, point of view of like a bunch of the rich women that she was serving on the Titanic and like these two boxers that were that were there and like there's all the in all these different points of view and it's really it's a really interesting book because one Almakatsu is such a great writer uh, and it's very evocative and it like really gets you into this world but at the same time I think so much of us because of the movie Titanic uh, that's like what we think of when we think of Titanic, you know, it's deeply James Cameron has deeply colored all of our perceptions of the Titanic. So it's kind of cool to read a book like this where it gives you a point of view from like the people actually working there, you know, and working like the serve. It's really cool to see what it was like. I mean, obviously it's, it's still a fiction book, but I, but Almakatsu definitely did a ton of research and what it was, imagine what it was like to be a worker on the Titanic is one of the, one of, one of her friend, the main character's friends is another stewardess. There's another guy who, um, is like, does all the Morse code. There's one guy who is the, um, postal man there and is handling all the mail that they're going they're they're dealing with and bringing over to new york um there's also like this spooky ghost story that's happening that is like developing and uh, i'm like halfway through the book right now and i'm very nervous because i'm terrified of the ocean and i'm terrified of like do you do you know how this ends do you know how the titanic (laughs) ends (laughs) it's uh not you're not going to like it it's going to be scary I know it's going to be extremely like, honestly, just the thought of being a like being like in the ocean in Ugh. the middle of the ocean is like so terrifying to me. So I'm really scared of this. It's like this, she doesn't have to do much to make it spooky, but there's this like ghost that like there's a lot of bad things happening on the ship and all the people who are working there are really freaked out. And like there's all this spooky shit happening. There's this old guy who's really into the occult and he keeps doing creepy seances. Like there's just like a lot going on in this book. So if you're looking for a book to just like lose yourself in right now, it's great because it's just it's a big honker. It's a big honking historical fiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's The Deep by Almakatsu. Wow, you know what's weird is we're both reading like historical alternate tellings of historical fiction we are. <laughs> like science fiction <laughs> fantasy spooky themed uh horror alternate fiction although yeah. you know the, yours ends the same way <laughs> that, that it happened <laughs> in the real world whereas this is obviously there were actually no zombies anyway uh, mine is called the deathless <laughs> divide uh by uh, the second in the dread nation series by justina ireland so we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Laura wrote in, thanks for your recent episode about reading during the pandemic. I've been listening to the show for a long time and it was comforting to hear you both during this weird and stressful time. I'm also finding it difficult to focus at the moment and I tend towards anxious thoughts at the best of times. I'm lucky enough to be able to work from home and I've pulled out a poetry collection I've been meaning to read and starting to read start and starting each morning reading one poem before I start my work. The poems are short enough that it doesn't take much time, but gives me something to think about in the back of my mind during the day. I find that if I catch myself starting down an anxious thought pattern, I can sometimes redirect myself to thinking about the poem I read that morning and its meaning. I like that. I do too. Laura, I wish you had told us what your, what poetry book you were reading. Cause I need one more f- to finish my <laughs> goals for the year. Um, wow. Yeah, I do like that. And I like the idea. That's very much like, what they say when it comes to like meditation and stuff is like controlling your thought patterns. And I like yeah. that you're meditating with a, with a poem, poem, poem. I say that word weird, uh, poem essentially. I, yeah, I love that. 
Um, Steve Irwin with his wheelhouse. Uh, first, Mallory, congratulations on your Hugo nomination. Uh, Thank you, Steve. Like Bria, I read a lot of sci-fi. Um, my wheelhouse, military science fiction, assassins, fiction and nonfiction. That's funny. Uh, <laughs> magic realism. Give me all those assassins, 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 whether they're fake or not. What about assassins in military science fiction? Uh, magical realism, uh, snarky protagonists, and plot over atmosphere. Oh, he gave us his... Uh, his story, what do you call it? His re- reading pathway. Yeah, his reading pathway, uh, which is plot over atmosphere. Like that. So you can always email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com if you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month. You can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. And before we tick off another box on the 2020 Reading Glasses Challenge, we're going to take a quick break. Welcome. Thank you. No Thanks. problem. These are real podcast listeners. Not actors. What do you look for in a podcast? Reliability is big for me. Power. I'd say comfort. What do you think of this? Oh. That's Jordan Jesse Go. Jordan Jesse Go? They came out of the floor? And down from the ceiling? That can't be safe. I'm upset. Can we go now? Soon. Jordan Jesse Go, a real podcast. This week, we're ticking off another box on the 2020 Reading Glasses, Reading Glasses, Reading Glasses Challenge. <laughs> Read a book by a woman of color. Bria, how are you doing on your challenge? Oh, um, I believe I'm still at the same place. Last time we checked, we only checked in a little while ago. Yeah, it was like three or, three or four weeks ago. Yeah, three. same. I think I was at six out of 10 there. I think I'm at six out of 10 now. I, I'm not totally sure, but I think that's what, right. Um, maybe I checked off one more box because I stopped reading a book. Um, I've actually stopped reading several books during quarantine because apparently to me, quarantine time feels more valuable than regular time. I don't know, but I've been very much, I've been not as excited about reading, finishing a book that I don't like. I've been very much like, no, you are boring and I cannot handle it. Like, I'm not going to get into you right now. Like, and I can't, I'm not giving you more than one shot. So I've, I've stopped reading a couple of books during this time. Uh, but I, yeah, I think I'm six out of 10. I, I think it's because we're, you know, we're all stuck inside. So anything that you're filling your time with has to be fucking good to keep your mind off the fact that, you know, we're in this dystopian nightmare. Maybe. So you can't, you don't have the fucking, the mental bandwidth to deal with a book that isn't good. Like it has to be great to keep your mind occupied. Yeah, that's true. Um, What, what about you? How are you doing on the challenge? Uh, I have three left. Uh, one of the things that I did while, uh, before, since the last time we recorded and, and checked in about it is I, um, I reread a book, which was not actually the book that I intended to reread. Uh, it was Wild at Heart by Barry Gifford, which is one of my favorite books and the book that my cats are named after. But my, I wanted my boyfriend to read it really bad because he's never read Barry Gifford and he's one of my favorite authors. And then have you ever, have you ever had that thing where somebody that you care about is re- reading a book you love and you start like reading over their shoulder? <laughs> <laughs> and I, like, it, so I, whenever he would put it down, I was like, oh, I kind of want to reread this. So I would like re- be reading it along with him. So I ended up rereading it. Nice. Uh, so now I, only, I have to annotate a book, read a novel with a non-human, non-human protagonist, and review a book online. So I have three left. Yeah. Uh, no, I have I have four. I don't know what I, I have to annotate a book, reread a book, donate a book. Oh, and do a romance romance b- book. I haven't read that yet. Oh, nice. Yeah. 
Uh, so we wanted to put this particular box on the 2020 Reading Glasses Challenge because female authors of color uh, are on the receiving end of a lot of institutional racism and bias when it comes to the publishing industry. Uh, there is, uh, I can't remember the name of it, maybe it's the Vita survey, Vita something. Uh, every year is basically a survey that um, goes over all the big publishing houses and sees all the people that are are working in the publishing industry and um, – you know, just seeing how many are women, like how many are women of color, um, sort of breaking down how diverse publishing is. And it's, you know, it's never great. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's never good. So there is um, just like women of color get the have the hardest time making it statistically in the pu in the publishing industry. So we wanted to do something to help boost that. And so make it so people uh, this if you want to do this challenge this year, you got to read a book by a woman of color. Yeah. So if you want an example of the way this looks, um, let's look at the romance publishing industry. Um, that is a very historically uh, female heavy industry generally. Right. Uh, of the yeah. romance writers in America of America organization, 97 percent are women. So it's a lot of freaking women in one <laughs> in one place. Um but one study found recently that of romance authors, what romance authors of color earn, um, thirty eight percent of what white authors earn, which is dismal. Abysmal. Yeah, uh, abysmal. And um, only about seven point seven percent of romance books are by authors of color. Um, you can get all those statistics at the ripped up bodice, ripped bodice, uh, LA .com. They did a whole study on that recently, um, and that those are just like not great numbers. So as much as you might hear about female authors of color in your community and your little friend group or on this show, that doesn't mean that worldwide where everyone is reading, uh, picking up a lot of female authors of color when they're picking up books. Yeah. And you know, you can bang out two parts of this challenge by reading a romance novel by a woman of color. You could, you definitely could. Be a be uh what's the word i'm looking for multitask for this one mm -hmm. uh so yeah and being aware we talk about this on the show all the time but being aware of how diversely you're reading is a really important way to be a good literary citizen and not only will it help you not just read books by the same types of people and help you be aware of and support marginalized authors but you're gonna find some fucking awesome books like that's the best part is that think of this as you're missing like the publishing industry is making you miss out on amazing fucking books and authors that you could be reading. Yeah. Uh, so we're trying to help reverse that a little bit. Yeah. And there's going to be, you're going to be able to find books like, like any of our other episodes in all different kinds of genres to fill out this cat, to check this off of the list. You're going to be able to look at the type of books you normally read and find authors, female authors of color in that genre. Yes. Literally every genre. Mm -hmm. uh, so Bria, what did you read for this part of the challenge? Um... Because of the books I just tend towards generally, I've read a few in this space. Um, when we talked about it originally, I we always talk about it and I'm like, maybe this book, maybe this book. And then I always forget what those books are. But one book I remembered that I did want to read and I did read um, was called Little Gods by Ming Jin. Um, I just read it. Um, I really want to read this. Oh, it's great. Um, I... I'm going to say it is awesome. It is literary fiction, which, you know, I don't read that much literary fiction. I probably pick up less than half a dozen literary fiction books a year. Um, and it is gorgeous. It's about family. Um, there's this whole like not knowing, kind of like not knowing who your parents are, not knowing. I mean, you know who they, you know who you she knows who her mother is physically. Like she knows who she is, but she doesn't know anything about her really. And so she when after her mother passes away, she goes and finds out all this information about her. And there's all these 
sort of flashbacks written from other people's point of view and people who went to school with her mother. And she's like a very different woman than she thought she was. And in some ways that's positive and in some ways it's really negative. And so it's interesting to like see it all from this daughter's point of view. Um, and, and And it's, I would say it's definitely an exploration of self. Anyway, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous, wonderfully written book. Um, Definitely would recommend it. Also, I read the new NK, NK Jemison. We both did. Which, if you're looking for to, oh, yeah. to fill your your sci-fi fantasy uh, fantasies, your sci-fi fantasy <laughs> fantasies, <laughs> the new that. NK Jemison will definitely do that. And I guess, I, and I'm also reading the new, new Justina Ireland today. Um, so I so I so I've read a few in this space. So those are the ones I can think of off the top of my head. Um, what about you? What What did you read for this? Uh, yeah, I ended up the same thing. I ended up reading a bunch. Uh, I had mentioned in an earlier episode this year that I listened to the audiobook of Ali Wong's new memoir, Dear Girls, which was great. Um, but just like I, I, I did this thing where I was like, oh, that's the one I'm going to talk about. And then I ended up reading another book that I wanted to talk about even more. Um, uh, a book that I picked up just because I loved the cover of it and I loved the title. And I, I had, it was one of those books. I didn't know anything about it, but I was like, this looks great. I'm just going to order it. Uh, and it was The Girl with the Louding Voice yeah, by Abby is- on my list to read too. I want to oh, read this. Oh, it's really good. It's by a- Abby Dare or Dare. Um, and it is so great. It's like, it's, it's, it's a saga. It is one of those like saga books. It's about this girl. And if you read this, actually, it also ticks off t- a book that takes place in another country because this book takes place in Nigeria. And this is a young girl. She's 14 years old and she used to be, and she's living in this small village and she used to go to school, but her father, her mother passed away and her father can't afford to send her to school anymore. But all she wants to do is be a teacher and go to school. Uh, but she ends up, her father needs money really badly. So he marries her off to this old guy who already has two other wives in exchange for a bunch of money and it's that so this whole saga starts of her trying to get away from this her husband trying to like find a way to get back to school and like it's just one of those books where like all these different things happen and it's just this huge um saga is the best word for it you know she's just going through all these different trials and tribulations and it's like it's not an easy book to read it will make you really mad and make you really frustrated because girls are still going through stuff like this right now all over the world um, and it's written in this very interesting voice. Um, and it's very like, you, you'll see when you read it, it's so, it's so compelling and you are rooting for this girl so much. And I, I'm pretty sure it's her, uh, Abby Derry's debut novel. And mm. it's just like totally, totally fucking amazing. Um, um uh, also little gods, you could also read as a book set in another country. It actually makes me wonder if I, rec- if I was going to read it for that instead, but anyway, uh, Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I totally, totally recommend that. So Bria, since we're both already more than halfway through the challenge this year, uh, what do you think you're getting out of it? I think I'm getting a lot out of it. Um, I just ordered a book to annotate that I've already read so I can check off two nice. at the same time. I will be double dipping. Thank you. Um, and I, I haven't read the romance book part as I've told you, as I already told you. Um, uh, and I've asked a lot of people, about what I should read. I have I have a couple books on hold that I'm going to try to get into maybe while we're still in quarantine. Um, one of my friends recommended The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Do you think that's a romance book? I went and looked and is cap, cast, it's ca- uh, categorized on Goodreads. It has romance as one of its categorizations. Uh, I haven't read it. I heard a lot of good things about it. Me too. Um, there was an, there's another book with a similar title that I always get it confused with. It's like some, the seven something of something. Um, and I always confuse the two, but I've heard a ton of people say they loved, love, love this book, even though I haven't read it yet. Um, but a lot, I see a lot of conversation in the reading glasses 
Facebook group that's like, does, does this thing count? Does this thing count for that? Like, I feel like for romance, it's pretty, a pretty loose categorization. Like if it doesn't matter if it's also another, like if it's also a sci-fi or if it's also, mm-hmm. I think, because the seven husbands, I think is also, is it sci-fi or is it fantasy or is it like literary fiction? It's like also it's literary fiction, genre. I believe. Yeah. Okay. But if it's got a romance storyline, I think, yeah, something like that, like fucking go for it. You know, we're just trying to, this is, this is the honor system here and the yeah. reading glasses, reading glasses challenge. So just, you know, follow your heart. Okay. Uh, and how are you feeling about the challenge so far? I am actually enjoying it a lot more than I did last year. Uh, I'm glad we made ourselves, we, we pushed ourselves a little harder. Uh, I'm really glad we made ourselves read a romance book. Um, I really enjoyed rereading a book that I hadn't read. Um, I'm glad this challenge push, pushed me to start recommending books on social media again. Um, I, I'm, I'm really, I'm happy with it. This is the, actually, I think this is the first time I've done a reading challenge where I was, feel like I was really getting a lot out of it. Like, again, last year we kind of did it on easy mode for us and I'm glad we pushed ourselves uh, do you think it's harder than yeah. last year? Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I actually have to think about it. Like the uh, the thing that's really hard as an e reader is, um, and I'm sure other e readers are feeling this, is a- the annotating thing because I'll highlight in my ebooks, but it doesn't quite feel like annotating because I'm not like taking notes. So it's like, and I, it it just feels a little. I mean, I I don't know if it totally counts. I guess it could count, but it doesn't feel like I'm totally like doing my homework correctly. So I might understand if people end up skipping this if they are strictly an e-reader because it is quite hard. Or if you're strictly an audiobook listener, it would be quite hard to annotate, if that makes sense. I would say for this part of the challenge, if you're an e-reader and you'd highlight a bunch of passages that you, that like resonate with you or quotes that you like, I think that that counts. And for, uh, interesting, I didn't even think about that. If you're an audiobook listener... Um, you would have to sit and take notes, I suppose. Yeah, and that's assuming um, someone is has that capability. Yeah. Um, we should think about that. How mm. would you annotate? Hold on, I'm just gonna Google right now. Oh, did Audible apparently Audible has a bookmark feature that's called Clips, where you open the app and tap a button. And any anytime you hear anything that might be important, you leave a bookmark and you can go through and listen to those, re-listen to those parts of the book. That's cool. So that would be a way so, to, to annotate. Yeah, yeah. I, I would absolutely say that that totally counts. Like, I mean, again, we talked about this on an earlier episode, but anything, any sort of notes or highlighting or whatever that you're doing to a book in whatever format to to highlight things that you that resonate with you or help you understand the book a little bit better that that's counting as annotating you know you don't have to sit there with a highlighter and post-it notes and like fill the book with all these like deep thoughts you know just any any i think the point of we're us pointing us putting this on the 2020 reading glasses challenge is to think a little bit more critically about a book you know i is i think both of us as you know pleasure readers leisure readers it's we don't I, I it's very rare that I sit down and like think critically and analyze a book like you did. I mean, I didn't finish college, so and I didn't take a lot of any English courses in college, but that's what I'm imagining ha- happens. You know, it's it's something that you get out of the habit of when you get out of school. And uh, I think every once in a while, it's good to think about. And I think that thinking more critically about a book can help sometimes people understand what maybe they like or don't like about it. You know, it's kind of like the reading pathways thing, like thinking about like, Oh, this, pa- this passage really resonates with me. Why is that? Is it like showing how great this character is? Is it just beautiful language? Is it like illustrating this world better? I, I think annotating 
is is a good way, however you're doing it, to kind of figure out what makes a book you know, really ring with you. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I guess when we do the episode on it, we can talk about all this. It's really rare that I read an an ebook and I don't highlight a couple of things. Like I always highlight things that resonate with me language wise or something like that. And what's nice about the Kindle reading on a Kindle is that you can see what other people have highlighted. So like, it'll say like, this has been highlighted 200 times. And so you'll be like, why that passage? And I do always pause on that. Anyway, we can talk about this when we do an annotated books episode, but that's where I'm at. Yeah, no, I'm definitely glad we're pushing ourselves harder this year. I think we should do even more next year. Um, Maybe hard isn't the right word, um, but I think it's nice that we are every once in a while to kind of get out of your, the groove of your reading life and, you know, just to test something out. Even if you like, say you read a romance novel and you don't like it, you know, at least now, you know, you know, something more about what you don't and don't like, and it'll help you figure out books in the future to either avoid or pick up. Yeah. So you can send your thoughts uh, to Reading Glasses Podcast at gmail.com. Before we test out some book tech, we're going to take a quick break. Strange planets, curious technology, and a fantastic vision of the distant future. Featuring Martin Starr. So we're going on day 14. Shuttle still hasn't come. Aparna Nancherla. The security system provides you with emotional security. You do the rest. Echo Kellum. Can you disconnect me or not? Hurry Kondabolu. I'm staying. From Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Jeffrey McGiver. Could you play Cindy Lauper's Girls Just Want to Have Fun? It's The Outer Reach. Stories from Beyond. Now available for free at MaximumFun.org or anywhere you listen. Time to test out some book tech, advances in bookish technology. This book tech is also part book problem. So Marianne wrote in, I have been using a Kindle app for quite a while on my iPad mini. The guest I heard speaking with you on the current podcast said she found out she could keep track of the characters in the story on the Kindle. I would love to be able to do that. Currently, I am writing down the names of all these characters and how they relate to each other. If the Kindle can keep track of that for me, I would love to know. So we did some research and we found out that so X-Ray and this is actually could help a, a what was it like two or three weeks ago, the person who was having a hard time with all of the different characters trying to keep track of them yeah and and y'all pointed this out to us uh via twitter and i am so embarrassed that i didn't know what a kindle x-ray was but now we know and we're gonna tell you about it well so i did some research on it and i will say the person who a bunch of the articles i read about the x-ray feature on kindle said that a lot of people it's not an obvious thing so a lot of people don't know about this so yeah it doesn't there's not a big x-ray button it's over in like the corner you press the little you know three dots or whatever and then uh depending on the kindle you have in you and it comes down it's like about this book like you have all these things then it also has x-ray or maybe it's in the go-to section anyway it's it's over there and you have to go look for it a little bit but it does exist yeah but it's not an obvious feature so if you're like sitting there like oh my gosh i've been a kindle reader for a long time and i didn't know about this it's okay uh, so what X-Ray is, it's a Kindle enhancement. So it lets you explore a book by characters or, lo- or locations or certain keywords. And what it does is it pulls its information from the internet, places like Wikipedia, Amazon's own book summary site called Shelfari, and it might not work on all books. That just, you know, just so you know. Uh, but it, yeah, it basically it's, it helps you explore a book more thoroughly. And so Bria, you tested this out. What did you think of X-Ray? Um... 
Well, I would say it is helpful for certain things. Um, it would definitely be helpful for the person a couple weeks ago trying to keep up with characters because so it, it has a couple of different forms. You can press the highlight the name, press X-ray, and then it's going to show you every time that character has been mentioned. And if you're like, who was Lily again? And then you can press their name and you can find out when they're mentioned. It doesn't have like, here's the description, unless there's some sort of like Wikipedia page on them. Um which is pretty rare to have to be a pretty big book. I tried it with The Exorcist because that was what I was reading at the time. I found it to be quite helpful. Um, so I looked up a name. It gave me all the info I needed about so I could figure out who that that person was. Um, you do need to know that some of uh, the x-ray features only work when you're on Wi-Fi. So if you are on a plane... Um, oh, if you, you, it needs to look it up on the internet. Yeah, if you are not on Wi-Fi because you have books from the library, you don't want to get returned. That's where I was. <laughs> um, so you won't be able to look at the Wikipedia entry or the thesaurus um, uh, if you are not on Wi-Fi. I did open up, one interesting thing was, so you can also just open X-Ray. You can just open up X-Ray and it'll show you a bunch of information about the book. Um, one thing, I had a biography on, the, on my Kindle and I opened it up and it showed me all the pictures that were in like one little section from the book. So that was pretty cool because I like got, if you're interested in seeing them, but you don't know what pages they were on, you can just go and find that information. Well, but I will say if it does have x-ray, so let's like the books that it doesn't have x-ray for, obviously it does not apply. But if it does, this could be really helpful for the, for people who have trouble keeping up with character names. Um, it doesn't straight up just tell you who they are, but it, you can figure it out and it, it would be helpful with things like that. Also, I've used it before without even meaning to uh, looking up words that I didn't know because you can click on a word and it goes like, oh, dictionary, here's what this means. And that kind of thing is super helpful too. So, I mean, yeah. it, it is, um, yeah, it's great. It, it is great for a Kindle user, especially if you read a lot of books with a lot of information that you need to keep track of. If you want us to take a look at some book tech, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Now let's answer a bookish question from one of our listeners. Pretty sure it was a Sarah who wrote in. Uh, something that I really enjoy about hardcover books are how the covers are designed underneath the dust jacket. Last night, I took off the cover to Radium Girl so I could read without the cover slipping off and discovered that there was the face of a pocket watch pressed into the cover. So delightful. And you wouldn't know it was there because there's no matching design in that spot on the dust jacket. What is your favorite undercover? Is there an actual name for the book under the dust jacket? Um, by the way, Undercover is hilarious. A hilarious name because it's both under the cover, but also a secret, like it's undercover. There's an undercover pocket watch, undercover. Um, I don't feel like this applies to me because I don't often read physical books. And when I do, I so rarely pick up a hardback. Like it has to be a gift. I'm not going to probably go buy it. So rare. I'm going to wait for the, um, the paperback version to come out. So, so what do you, what, uh, what do you think about the undercover? Do we like this as a name? The undercover? Well, so I, first thing I consulted with my best friend and friend of the show, Lauren Panapinto, who is the book cover queen over at Orbit Books. And she gave me the whole technical rundown of these things. So the actual book is called The Case. Like if you take the, 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 the dust jacket off and like the actual hardcover of the book is called The Case. And the designs are on the case cover. Um, and these designs are on the case cover. So they're made of paper and fabric. Uh, the stamp is the name for the foil on the spine. Uh, so the best thing to call them would be case cover designs. Hmm. Uh, you can call them undercover, uh, but if you're like industry speak, it would be case cover designs. Uh, and I, I'm going to be real actually, cute. I like undercover better. It's cuter. Uh, well, <laughs> I just imagine a book like in sunglasses and it's like yeah, it's in undercover. a trench coat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I will say, so I never, ever take my dust jackets off. Uh, so I, 
I'm absolutely sure there are really cool case cover designs that I've completely missed. Um, maybe I should start taking off the dust jackets when I get a book and see what's under there. I actually, when we got this question in, I checked to see what uh, The Deep by Almakatsu looked like and The Girl with a Louding Voice by Abby Dari, because those are two books that I read. They look really nice, but there are no designs on there. Um, but now I'm like, I feel like I've got to check all my books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like there's the books have been keeping secrets from you. <laughs> the, the, but I, the only one I can think of that I've actually seen and checked was um, Mark Frost, The Secret History of Twin Peaks. Uh, you know that I am absolutely fucking obsessed with Twin Peaks and the book, uh, the books that Mark Frost wrote to accompany the new season of the show that came out in 2017. They had all kinds of cool things embossed onto the book and hind- hidden under the dust jacket. Uh, so I would have to say that one's my favorite because just the way that it whole, the whole book is designed is amazing. Uh, but from now on, I'm just going to start checking all the time. I think it's great. That's very exciting. So if you want to send your bookish questions, you can send them to our Tell us about glasses. your undercovers. Tell us also about tell us about your favorite undercovers. I'm real I would love to see what people's favorites are. Um so you can send them to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank Danielle and Kathy who are in our Facebook group and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember, you can buy reading glasses tote bags and shirts and stickers and bookmarks in the Maximum Fun store. You can help us feed our cats and look cool doing it. There's a link in the show notes. And if you like the show and want to do something nice for us for free, please rate and review us on iTunes. It's really great for us. Helps us reach more uh, listeners makes us feel really good about the podcast. makes the podcast look very fancy. Uh, you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readingsheetpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast. And you can always follow along on our bookish adventures using the general hashtag readingglassespodcast. Thanks for listening. And thanks for reading. Thanks for reading.